So about a year ago, I was at Target, and I was picking up a couple of things, and I'm walking through the aisles, and I hear this whisper that says, you're about to be in a world of pain. And I kind of just write it off. I figured it's someone talking to someone else. And then I hear something else again. I'm going to kill you. And so this time I turn around because it got a little bit louder. And there was this guy standing right behind me, threatening me in Target. And he was super angry. He had crazy eyes. And I knew he really meant what he was about to do. Whatever he said, he meant it. Like he was going to do it. And I said, what's the problem, man? And he goes, do you drive a Jeep? And... I lied to him, and I said, no, I don't drive a Jeep, and I'm trying to think about all the different things of what I could have done wrong. I'm like, oh, did I hit something, or did I give this guy a dirty look by accident, and I'm trying to figure out, now my mind is racing, and so after I tell him that I don't drive a Jeep, he starts walking off, and he's cursing at me this whole entire time, but he walks away, and now I'm trying to pick up the couple of things that I need to get, and I just cannot focus. My thoughts are running completely wild. All these different scenarios are happening in my mind. And I'm like, all right, I can't do this. I need to go see, out, see outside if he's doing anything to my car. So I put all my stuff down, walk outside, and there he is waiting right there. Now, with people like this, you have to make a decision. Either you're going to let them walk all over you or you're going to confront them dead on. So I walked right up to him and I was like, yo, are we going to have a problem? And he got a little scared. And I was like, all right. And so he took, he took a step back. And he was like, was that you in the orange Jeep that was giving me a dirty look and making fun of me? And I was like, no, I'm so glad I lied to him because that would have started this really bad confrontation in Target. He was looking for a guy in an orange Jeep. And now I could just see that this guy is just really angry and I'm trying to calm him down. I'm like, listen, you don't want to do this, man. You're going to regret this. What if you get arrested? And then he says this to me. He takes two gloves out of the back of his pocket and he goes, you wouldn't understand. This is man business. Now I want to fight him for saying that to me. How dare you say that to me? Now we got beef. But I'm trying to calm him down. And he goes, um, I go back into my car and he stays there. He waits for the person and the, the person never ends up coming out. And he ends up just walking off. But my thoughts had gotten a hold of me in those moments. And what I want to talk to you about tonight is your thought life. The average person has about 55,000 different thoughts a day. That's around 35 different thoughts a minute. That's a lot of different things that are always passing through our minds. And if we were honest with each other and with ourselves tonight, which I'm going to ask you to be, not all of those thoughts have us living on cloud nine tonight. There's a lot of different thoughts that are filling us with fear and anxiety. Let's give you, give you guys an example. Tonight, Tuesday is a pretty big day for our country. A lot hangs in the balance. Supreme Court judges. Where our country is going to be headed hangs in the balance. And there have been some thoughts coming against me lately that have been filling my heart with a little bit of fear and worry. Maybe you've been in the same place. And there is a huge battle going on in our minds every day with our thoughts because they have so much power over us. They can create emotions in us. So what do we do with all these different thoughts that are always running through our minds? Well, the good news for us tonight is that scripture has something to say about this. But 
Let's talk about some of these different thoughts that we could potentially have. And you know, it's before we even get there, this is so important that we talk about this, is that some of these thoughts start as whispers. And I'm not talking about an audible voice, but they start as whispers. My wife, she sleep talks, and it is the scariest thing in the whole world. You think by this point in my life, I'd be used to it. But a couple of weeks ago, she was having this argument with herself in her sleep. She was going, you have no idea what you're talking about. You couldn't be wrong. Get out of here. And I'm like, I wake up and I'm like, who needs to get out of here? Like, what's going on? I'm like looking all around the room, checking under the bed. Like, what's going on right now? But whispering is so creepy. And that's how she was doing it. It, was, it just really bothered me. But some of these thoughts for us start as whispers. And they come from the enemy of your soul. And I know if you're not a Christian in the room tonight, you're like, really? We're going to talk about the devil? I think that's just a gimmick, a fairy tale thought kind of thing. But it's not. And the reason why we take it seriously is because the Bible takes it seriously. The Bible says that the devil goes around like a roaring lion seeking who he will destroy. Now, there's people who give him way too much credit for things that happen in their lives. The kind of people that are driving down the road and they get a flat tire and they get out of their car and like, oh, the devil did this. That's way too much credit. You ran over a nail, you did that. <laughs> but then we can't be naive at the same time. He hates you and he doesn't want to see God's purpose fulfilled in your life. And one of the main ways that he wants to attack you is in your thought life. See, so many of you guys already are in a relationship with God. You are his, and the devil can't do anything about that. You are secure in Christ tonight. But what he can do is he can whisper different lies to you that can bring about a lot of fear and worry and anxiety in your life. Now, let's talk about some of these different thoughts that maybe some of you have been having lately. For some of you, it's thoughts of insecurity. You wish you looked more like her or you wish you were as smart as him, or you wish your life was working out like everything's coming together for that person. And so you're constantly filled with thoughts of insecurity. You're worried that you're never gonna meet someone who's gonna love you, and you're never gonna be able to get married, that things aren't gonna work out for you like they work out for everyone else. And so those thoughts play for you over and over throughout your day. For some of you, it's your finances. You're worried about the economy. Maybe your job is hanging by a thread tonight and you don't know how you're gonna be able to provide for your family. And so you are just filled with fear and worry and anxiety about how the future is gonna unfold itself for you. For some of you guys, it's thoughts of shame, of guilt and condemnation. The enemy whispers those lies that God can never love someone like you because of the things that you've done in your life. He whispers things like, if these people in this room knew who you really were and the things that you've done, they wouldn't let you in here. How could you call yourself a follower of Christ? We have these different lies. For some of you, it's something that happened 20 years ago that he brings back to your memory every single day. You know that God forgives you, but that thought has still got a hold of you in some ways. Parents in the room, maybe there's some worry in your life because of your children, that you're having some thoughts that things aren't going well for them in school, or they're just really struggling in some different areas socially. Or maybe your children are a little bit older tonight, and they're not walking with the Lord, and so you're scared about how their future could unfold. And so those are the thoughts 
that play over and over. Whatever the thoughts are for you tonight, Jesus is going to give us something that we can stand on. And we're going to find something in Scripture tonight that is really going to help us. And it's so important we see this because our thoughts are holding us back from the person that God has intended you to be. He never intended for you to be a captive, to be a prisoner to your thoughts. And yet so many of you are. You're a slave. You're a prisoner to your thoughts. They own you and they've created all these different emotions in you that are just killing you if you were being honest tonight. It's just robbing life from you tonight. Tim Keller said this about our thought life. He says, Satan doesn't control us with fang marks on the flesh, but with lies in the heart. And if I could just be so bold to say that I would add not just in the heart, but also in the mind, because I think the thoughts start in the mind and then they get a hold of our heart. And it's really hard to shake them when they have a hold of our hearts. Anxiety and worry is really becoming an epidemic. When I first started youth ministry, I walked along a couple of kids who were really going through this really tough and they were really struggling. But now it seems like every kid that I work with has this on a severe level. Their thoughts are always plaguing them. And this isn't just something that is like a phase that they're going through. It's a real deep struggle for them in their lives. It's a real big deal. And they can't seem to get past this no matter what they do. I believe that the enemy would love to destroy the church more than ever with thoughts. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're going through this each and every day. And this is a big struggle. But God gives us hope through scripture to help us get through these tough times. What we need to do is we need to set up security checkpoints in our mind. I have a friend who was a pastor who had really long hair for a while, and he loved his long hair. And he had to go through TSA, and he knew he was going to have to go through this. And you know, they have all these different regulations and rules. And so he went out and he tried to find um, some bottles that he could put his shampoo and conditioner in. And as he went to the different stores, he couldn't find anything that matched it exactly. And it was like a point one off, like something so small like that. But as he brought it through that checkpoint, They didn't let it through. They could even tell by the smallest amount. See, we need to set that kind of security up in our mind that when these different thoughts come to us, we have a red light that goes off. Something is warning us that these thoughts aren't right and they're sent to bring harm and to take us captive or prisoner to them. So it's so important that we do that. And before we go any farther, there's a really th- important thing that you guys need to know is that things aren't always what they seem. See, what Satan loves to do is he loves to take a small truth, something that is somewhat rooted in truth, and pervert it and turn it into a lie. It's what he did when he tempted Jesus out in the desert. He took scripture verses and he took them out of context, and therefore they were a lie to try and trick and trap Jesus. But Jesus saw through it. And some of you tonight, there's some lies in your life that you're believing because they're partially rooted in truth. Yeah, maybe you did give in to that sin. But now you believe that God has condemned you and he hates you. And he reminds you of what maybe you did do. But now he's totally taken it out of context. And he's driving you crazy with those thoughts tonight. So he takes a partial truth and he takes it out of context. But see, things aren't always 
what they seem. And it may look to our natural eye like everything is going to fall apart, like everything is a mess and that God can't possibly do anything on our behalf. But here's how I know that things aren't always what they seem. Because when they put Jesus on the cross, it looked like that the enemy had won. When he was put in the tomb, it looked like death had won. One, but God was working behind the scenes. And what looked like uh, that Jesus was losing to the natural eye, he was really winning. He was crushing death to death in those moments. So maybe your situation looks really bleak and really dark tonight and really tough to your natural eye. But things aren't always what they seem. And you need to activate some faith in your life because I see this, that God is always working behind the scenes even when we can't see it. And so tonight we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. But before we get there, there is something that a lot of you guys are doing tonight. A lot of you are trying to run from your thoughts. You think if you can just forget them and run as far away from them, that you'll be able to escape this. That you'll be able to forget these things that have been so plaguing you over and over and over. But here's what I want to tell you, is that you will never, ever be able to outrun these thoughts because they have you too weighed down with worry and anxiety. But there is something else that you could do tonight. And it's going to be different than what you're normally used to hearing when people talk about different thoughts that are running through your mind. And so like I said, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 tonight. We're going to start in verse 4, and this is what it says. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And so Paul writes right here that the weapons we fight with aren't the weapons of the world. It's not the way the world fights. We fight with spiritual weapons and they have great power to demolish strongholds. And we break down anything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God in our life. Now, where does that knowledge come from? It's from scripture. Anything that sets itself up against what God's word has to say about him or you as a believer in Christ, we demolish those thoughts. They must come crumbling down because there's great power and what Paul's about to tell us. When I was in seventh grade, we went on a trip upstate to um, take down some campsites that had gotten really old, and there were just some old buildings there. And so we went up there, and it was a lot of fun at first. We got to use sledgehammers. We were ripping down walls. It was a blast for a bunch of seventh graders. Um, like I said, I was in seventh grade, and Doug was probably about 25 years old. And after a while, it, it kind of just got old. And I was like, man, this is really getting tiring. And I said to Doug, do you think there's any way we can get a hold of some dynamite? Like, do do, do you think that they would let us do that? And Doug, you have to understand, he was a little bit young at the time. He's like, that's a great idea. Like, we should ask them if they can give us some. And so we actually asked the people for some dynamite. And they were like, what is wrong with you people? Like, we're really letting you do this? But that's kind of the thought that I have here when I read this scripture. Have you ever seen that on TV where they rig up a building and they explode it with dynamite because it's too old? Like, that's what we need to do to these thoughts that have set themselves up against the image of God in our life and what he's called us 
to through Scripture. They need to be destroyed, and they need to come crumbling down tonight. So let's go to this next verse. And we take captive every thought. See, my whole life, I thought that what I needed to do was forget these thoughts, to try and just let them go, think about something else. But Paul tells us, you need to turn the table on these thoughts, and you need to take them captive. Stop running and stand your ground. So different than what we normally think when it comes to dealing with these thoughts in our lives. He says, stand your ground tonight and fight back against those thoughts that are taking a hold of you. Now, I love that he chooses the word captive here. Does anyone here like police or detective shows? I do, me and my wife watch a couple. What's the first thing that they do when they take in someone? They bring them into interrogation and they ask them a couple of questions that are so important. And I think that we can learn something from that for our thoughts. See, we need to ask our thoughts, who sent you and why did they send you? Because some of them, like I said, start as whispers. And if we can realize that right away, we're gonna save ourselves a lot of pain because then we won't let that thought seep into our heart. So if we can set this up right here and take that thought captive and say, who sent you and why? Then we're gonna have to look at these thoughts in a whole different way. So let me tell you guys, give you guys a little bit of an example of this. I'll just be a little bit vulnerable in my own life. Sometimes I have thoughts that come to me and say that you shouldn't be on the stage doing what you're doing. You're too much of a failure. You're not good enough to do this. And those thoughts try to get a hold of me. And then I line that up to scripture and I take a look at that and I go, that is not what God's word has to say about my life. And I take that and it tips me off to what the devil is trying to do. And I hope that you will start to see that in your life. When you take these thoughts captive and you line them up against scripture, that you would see that the reason why the enemy's probably sending these thoughts to you is because he's trying to hold you back from something that God's about to do in your life. And so when I have those thoughts come to me, I know that God is probably about to do something really big through my ministry and that he, the enemy would love to try and get me to step back and not be able to do what God has called me to do. So what are some of the thoughts that you've been having lately that have been grabbing a hold of you? Because there's a good chance he's trying to stop you from doing something that God wants to unfold in your life that's gonna be so powerful. So start thinking at it like that and there will be great change that comes. These thoughts that used to hold you, now you're gonna take a hold of them. And when you line them up against scripture, it changes everything. And so we'll go to the next part of this verse. And this is how we really do it. He says, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. See, this is the power. This is how you take that thought captive. See, if I tried to do that in my own strength, and I say, all right, I'm just gonna take this captive, that thought is gonna hold me. I'm not gonna win that battle. But you know what? When I say, I'm gonna take this thought captive and I'm gonna make it obedient to Jesus, I'm no longer working in my own authority. Now I'm in the authority of Jesus and there is great power in his name. Jesus didn't just die on the cross 
so you could be in heaven with him one day. He also did it so you could have authority on earth, to have authority over your thoughts, that they wouldn't control you. And you can take those things captive and you can stop running tonight. You look at some of those lies that have been bouncing around in your life, some of that shame, and you line that up to scripture and you say, that God has wiped my sins as far as the east is from the west. That's not who I am in Christ anymore. And you know what, devil? I see what you're probably trying to do because God's about to do something big in my life and you want to hold me back from it. This changes everything. And this isn't like it might happen. When you take something captive in the name of Jesus, it will bow at his feet because he has been given all power on heaven and earth and everything bows at the name of Jesus. There is great power in this. It's not like you're doing it in your own strength. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to connect this verse that we just read, 2 Corinthians, to um, a portion of Scripture in the book of Philippians. Now, this portion of Scripture that we just read in 2 Corinthians was uh, written around 57 AD. And now we're going to look in the book of uh, Philippians, which was written in around 62 AD. And this is what Paul writes, the same writer. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And so this is how we set up those security checkpoints that I was talking about, guys. This is how we do it. He's going to give us the outline. He says, bring these requests before God. See, we all have time in our lives to let the worry run through our minds over and over, right? We all make time for that, to let these thoughts play out. We try and figure out every scenario about how it's gonna unfold and how it's gonna work. And we spend so many nights worrying, so many days worrying. And the farthest we go when it comes to prayers, maybe we say a quick little prayer right before bed. God, please help me with this one thought that I'm having or this one thing that's giving me anxiety. Paul says, that's not how you do it. He says, by prayer and petition. Bring your request to God. Bring heaven to a standstill. Do you know that you have the authority in Jesus to do that? To bring heaven to a standstill, to pray with all you got? See, I still believe that prayer changes things if we will powerfully pursue it. Guys, we could see so much breakthrough if we change the way that we pray. Bring heaven to a standstill for the things that are troubling your heart and the things that are taking you captive. Don't just let those thoughts run wild any longer. Fight for this and watch what God will do. And he says, yeah, petition and pray for it, fight for it. But on the same hand, come with a thankful heart, remembering all that God has already done in your life, all that he will do and all that he's gotten you through in the past. Balance out the two of those at the same time while you're going through what you're going through and you're bringing this request before God. And he says something so cool as we read this next verse. If we are willing to do this, yeah, it's gonna take some work on your part, but if you're willing to let the worrying keep going on and on, then why wouldn't you be willing to do this? It's gonna take you to get desperate to really get to this point. My prayer is that some of you would really get desperate to see breakthrough in your life. And this is the promise if we do it. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now he says, all right, so if you do this, the peace of God, 
that surpasses all understanding, that doesn't make sense. Everything around you could be falling to pieces. Everything could be a total mess. But God's going to give you a peace that's going to get you through that. That's not going to have these thoughts coming after you every second, robbing you of God's purpose in your life if you will go to God with prayer and petition. And he says it will guard your heart and your mind. Now, Paul is writing this letter from a jail cell. And I think it's so interesting that he chooses the word guard right here. Because he's probably sitting there and he's thinking, all right, what is the peace of God like? What will it do for people? It's going to be like a guard as he sees a guard walking by. It's not going to let anything out or in that shouldn't be. That whole job of the guard is to make sure that prisoner stays right there. And nothing is going to get in that shouldn't get in and nothing's going to get out that shouldn't get out. And we're going to talk about a little bit more exactly what that means in just a second. But think about that because that's what we need. That's how we set up that security checkpoint because when those thoughts come, the peace of God's going to be guarding your mind and they aren't going to be able to get through. Maybe there's an anxious thought that comes, but then that red light is going to go off right away and you're going to be able to stand your ground like never before if you're willing to do this. Let's go to the next verse. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. These are the thoughts that God would have you dwell on tonight. And this isn't just some unrealistic, fluffy feeling that you're just living on cloud nine all the time, that you're not really seeing everything that's happening around you. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is choose to think on the things that are good in your life. Choose to think on God's goodness. See, Jesus said, what good is worrying? It doesn't add an hour to your life. So yeah, maybe all those bad things are happening around you. So what are you going to do? You're going to worry about it? All that's going to do is just cause more stress and anxiety to you. Why don't you choose to think on some of the things that are good, that are worth thinking on? Because no matter who you are tonight, no matter how dark or bleak your situation seems, you have something worth thinking on today. And that is the love of God in your life. Even if that was the only gift that God ever gave you, it would be more than enough. You have something worth thinking on. And so I think that these letters are connected. I think that Paul realizes that the church was really going to have to battle in this way. I think Paul knew what it was like to battle in this way. Paul knew what it was like to have the enemy probably come after him and remind him about his past, about some things that he had done while he was persecuting Christians. And he had a fight through this. And I think that these are his outline on how we can really get through this. And I think he put this to practice in his own life because I think he probably had to fight this harder than any of us because this guy would literally change the world. Most of the New Testament is written by him. And so there is great power in these words tonight, guys. And I pray that you would put them into practice. C.S. Lewis said this, 
It's not just the thoughts the enemy speaks in. It's also the ones he keeps to fight out, to keep out. There's thoughts that he's trying to keep you from tonight. And that's why you need the peace of God to guard your heart and your mind. It's so that those good thoughts will stay in its place because it's guarding you now. Those good thoughts are gonna dwell there if you're doing that. And those bad thoughts aren't gonna be able to get in. And if they start to sneak their way in, that red light's gonna go off and it's gonna tip you off to what the enemy is doing. Because there's so many good things that God wants to speak to you and so many um, thoughts of hope and breakthrough are waiting to get to you, but you can't think and you can't see them yet because you're so wrapped up in your worry and your anxiety tonight. I'm really qualified to speak about what I've been preaching about so far. I went through a season in my life where my thoughts tried to take a hold of me. They tried to take me captive. And I've talked to you guys a little bit about that so far in this message. And I'm so grateful that I had some people in my life come alongside me and really help me while I was walking through this time. And I want to give you guys a couple of really practical things that you can do if that's you. I had a bunch of people this morning who told me that's exactly what they needed to hear. And my hope is that some of you would be able to grab onto these things and they would give you hope and strength to keep fighting this battle. So the first thing that you need to do is you need to talk to someone. Not easy. But what you need to do is you need to expose what's in the dark and bring it into the light. And it may be something that you've never talked to someone about ever before. But as long as you keep it in the dark, the enemy has all the power. But when you expose that, his grip gets loosened. And someone can speak into your life. And someone can remind you of God's truth. But it's going to take you being vulnerable. And it's going to be tough. And it may hurt a little bit. But it will help set you free from some of these thoughts. I know. Because I had to do it. And it really helped. And I know that was what God was calling me to do, to expose what was in the dark and bring it into the light. The second thing that you really need to do is you need to do some reprogramming in your mind. Some of you are really deep in this battle tonight. Your thoughts just have such a tight grip on you. You are a total prisoner to them. You need to reprogram your mind. And the way that you do that is you start getting into Scripture. You cling to the words of Jesus in scripture. You're gonna need it at times more than you need air because you have too big of a stronghold. And the things that we talked about earlier are absolutely gonna work, but it's gonna be a battle for you because those strongholds are really deep and it's been there for a really long time and God will have the victory in those thoughts. But you're gonna have to do some reprogramming to get your mind on right ways of thinking. And the way you do that is by clinging to scripture. It's by looking to it day and night. Some of the only times that you'll have clarity is when you're reading God's word. But love it all the more. And the good that will come out of that is worth more than its weight in gold. Your love for scripture will grow through this time. And so here's the bottom line. What I want you guys to catch tonight is that you have the authority to make every thought obedient to Jesus. Every thought must fall at his feet. Max Lucado tells this story about a young child that he was working with who was going through this. On the day we met, he appeared defeated. His smile was gone. While his other siblings were confident and happy, there was no joy in his face. 
his eyes often filled with tears, and he clung to his mother. She had taken him to doctors, but nothing had helped. Would I be willing to pray for him, she asked. I told the young boy what I've been telling you, that the devil has no authority over his life, that the real battles are fought in the mind, that God will help us take every thought captive. He goes on to write that after meeting with the boy, praying with him, and coming up with this strategy of taking every thought captive and replacing it with the scripture, that the boy saw great growth in the next week or so. That some of these thoughts that had been plaguing him, I mean, this kid was suffering big time. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't go to school. These thoughts owned him in every way. He was a total prisoner. He was beginning to have breakthrough in his life ever before. And Max asked him, he says, what was it in your life that you feel like is turning the tide? And he said, it's the authority that God has given me that every time I have that thought, I take it captive and I replace it with the scripture. It worked for this young child and it will work for you also. There is great power in the name of Jesus. Don't ever underestimate it on all that can change with the speaking of his name. Now, I'm just gonna close with this one last thought and you know what it means when a pastor says he's about to close that we got another 20 minutes, but um, I really am gonna wrap up with this. Paul would often write in his letters, Paul a prisoner to Jesus Christ. And, and often when he would write that, he was in jail. But I think he was getting at something deeper in those moments. I think he was saying that I've learned in my life that even if I wanted to escape God's love and his goodness, I couldn't. I couldn't outrun it. His mercy has been so good to me that I'm a prisoner to it. And here's what I want to tell you guys this morning. If you are going to be a prisoner or you're going to be captive to anything in your life, be a prisoner to the goodness and the love of Jesus. It will change your life. That is the only thing that you were meant to be captive to. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much for everyone in this room tonight, Lord. And I pray, Jesus, that you would, Bring great healing to the person that is struggling with this so deeply tonight. That their thoughts are waging war against them today, God. And they've just been losing that battle day in and day, in, day out. That they are just so troubled that they can't get them to stop or slow down. Jesus, that you would give them a new sense of the authority that they have in your name. And they would see these strongholds in their life come tumbling down at the name of your son. And Jesus, I pray for the person who is just filled with so much shame and condemnation and guilt tonight because of something they've done and the enemy hasn't let them forget about it, that there would be a new voice that would be louder in their mind. Your Holy Spirit saying that they are forgiven, that Jesus' blood was for them and it washes everything from the worst sin that was ever committed to the least, that you wash it all away tonight, that it's all dealt with with what your son did on that cross and that they would feel peace like never before, that the lie that you want nothing to do with them would be broken tonight. Jesus, I pray that we would be people who walked in this authority. I pray that we wouldn't struggle any longer 
and we wouldn't see ourselves held back from the potential that you have for the people in this church, that we would walk in it fully in your goodness and in your love. Let us be a captive. Let us be a prisoner to your goodness and your love alone.